Welcome to the show, BG and Andy calling in this week over the phone. Another tough week uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, 31-30 to loss to the Tennessee Titans at home. And BG, I, I didn't actually confirm this stat, but I wrote it down because I thought I saw a tweet about it. It's the first time the Vikings have started 0-3 ever in the Mike Zimmer era, and we look pretty bad. Yes, that is a true stat. Um, I was going to expand upon that when we started talking, so here we go. The last time the Vikings had started 0-3 was the 2013 season when Leslie Frazier was the head coach, mm. and the Vikings that season ultimately went to 5-10-1 and and fired Leslie Frazier, um, subsequently opening the door for Zimmer as a quarterback after that. So now seven years later, um, I don't think he's in the hot especially after being extended, but starting 0-3 in the season. Um, I didn't expect us to win the game against the Titans, um, but I didn't expect us to lose, and especially not be up by double digits and then end up losing. Mm-hmm. So it's just more more salt in the wound uh, when you have the Vikings actually play pretty well for most of the game um, to give us some hope and then just ultimately get defeated uh, by one point. Yeah, and, and even more salt in the wounds was after the game uh, you got Kirk throwing shade at, at Mike Zimmer, or I guess it was really Zim first throwing shade at Kirk and the offense saying, hey, the veterans, they got to step up. Uh, that last drive, it was despicable, and, and you really can't have that happen. But to have your head coach throw your quarterback and, and the other veteran offensive players, as he said, uh, they have to play better down the stretch. It cannot be a chaotic drive was Zimmer's words. And then Kirk comes you know, t- to the press conference right after and says, hey, we put up 30 points. We had 500 yards of offense. What else do you want us to do? Uh, and, and it was just, it, that's kind of the state of the team right now. You have the leader of the team and Mike Zimmer pointing fingers at the offense saying these guys need to play better while his defense has given up 31 points. And they, I mean, they were much better. I think three of 13 uh, on third downs, getting the Titans off the field on third downs, but still giving up the big plays and still having just mental breakdowns and just these things that should not happen uh, in year six. Like it is a young defense. I get it. Third youngest in the NFL and they have a long way to go. But when your head coach is throwing your quarterback under the bus and the quarterback's throwing the head coach under the bus, it's not a good look for your franchise. You know, and even when we were up um, for like a majority of the game, whatever it was, I just didn't have a, confidence in the team that we we're going to pull it off because it just seemed when if something was going our way it was just going to quickly go the other way with how this short uh three-game season has already unfolded for the Vikings and as you mentioned Justin Jefferson uh not one of the, the older guys um and the veteran guys on the team but obviously goes for a career high seven catches nine targets 175 yards and a touchdown uh Delvin Cook going for a career high 185 yards, 86 yards, whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, and a breakaway touchdown. To put up 30 points and still not win that game, it's absolutely not on the offense. Sure, that last drive with Kirk Cousins and the offense was horrible um, with the lack of uh, offensive shielding for Kirk Cousins and mm-hmm. 
you know, I was looking it up the, the numbers on that drive. We had the ball second and 10 on our 40-yard line with a minute and 36 seconds to go. So we had a chance to get in the field goal position somewhat easily um, and take the lead and most likely win the game. But then uh, the snap was before Kirk Cousins was ready or he didn't catch it. I'm not really sure what happened there. Yeah. And all of a sudden we go from second and 10 on our own 40 uh, to third and 26, right. just like that, making it impossible to come back with no timeouts. Um, so, yeah, we were in a position to win the game, and we should have won the game. And we just brought ourselves – we took ourselves out of that position. Um, and it's surprising to see a veteran offense, offensive unit, like you said, do that. But there's just so many holes and gaps um, around this defense and offense, too, that we're learning week in and week out. Yeah, and – Really, the national and even the local narrative right now is that the Vikings stink, and I think it's true. I, I two weeks ago I would have said, you know, this team after going zero and one to the Packers, they're a bad team right now, but I th- I still think we can improve quite a bit. And they did make a big jump from week two to week three. And if you win that game, I think it changes everything. I think if you're one and two versus zero and three. Uh, I, I think a lot changes, at least mentally, in terms of the Vikings team. Now, is it that big of a difference being one and three or one and two versus zero and three in the grand scheme of things? It really isn't. Uh, it's just one game in a sixteen-game season. But when you look at this Vikings schedule, you got Houston next week, who is also zero and three, but way better than an zero and three team, in my opinion. I think the Vikings are too. And then you go on the road to Seattle. So I mean, this can get out of hand really quick. And the Vikings are going to have to turn things around. Otherwise, it is a rebuilding year. I'm not totally there yet. I know a lot of the local guys are saying, all right, pack it in, tank for Trevor, whoever you want to get. Uh, th- this is a bad Vikings team. I'm not quite there. I think if they cool. make jumps like from week two to week three the rest of the season, yeah, we're going to get a lot better. But is there a lot of holes to fill? Our guys going to have to play extremely well uh, for this team to maybe, maybe even sniff the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to have to play really well just to get that opportunity. Um, but like you mentioned, guys like Justin Jefferson stepping up, uh, I mean, I mean that's Randy Moss. I almost said Adrian Peterson. That's Randy Moss type numbers as a rookie. Uh, I think they said that was the first time a rookie get over a hundred yards uh, in the first half since Moss did it um, in '98. Mm. So, I mean, Justin Jefferson is going to be a star in this league. Seven catches for 175 yards, and then that 71. Uh, yard catch and run where he made the two guys run into each other and dances into the end zone, the gritty uh, or whatever he's calling it. I mean, that was awesome. That yeah. That's a play where you're like, that, this kid is going to be a star. I'm so happy we have him. The Packers don't um, because they would have got him if we had not picked up Justin Jefferson and whatever it was, the 24th pick. I think the Packers were sitting at 26, uh, and they were probably going to scoop him up. So at least from that standpoint, I'm happy he's on our team. Yeah, you're definitely right there, Bill, that, that you stole Justin Jefferson straight from the uh, the Packers in the draft. But uh, getting back to what you were saying earlier, though, about the, the Vikings and being in a rebuilding year, uh, I'm obviously speaking about this uh, from the outside. You guys are more tuned in on this than I am. Um, but it's, you guys are so in between with contracts. With you're tied up with you know Kirk Cousins, some of those guys on the defense, like Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks for big contracts for a couple of years, where you're not good enough to win a Super Bowl and you're not bad enough to get a top now you're, you know, you might start off on five as, as you were saying but the Vikings are going to bounce, bounce back they're not going to go you know one two three wins this year so I think if you, for Vikings fans is um, you know what type of team do you want to be this year like, are you almost in 
full tank mode to try and get the best that you can? Or are you going to be, you know, for the next couple of years, this team that might make the playoffs as a five or six seed or, you know, is borderline. Um, I, I obviously don't know about all the young guys on the team, mm-hmm. uh, how quickly you expect them, them to develop if you have any. But at least how I see it as an outsider is that you guys are in this weird in between that we see NBA teams in, uh, MLB teams in, where you're not good enough to win a title, but you're good enough to make the playoffs every other year. Yeah, I, I think it's a good take, at least right now. I mean, last year, if you had said that to me, I definitely would have disagreed with you, but you're probably right about last year. Were we good enough to win the Super Bowl? Probably not. I mean, we got destroyed uh, on the road against San Francisco. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you for the last two years. I would say, no, we were not good enough uh, to win a Super Bowl last year, unless even if, you know, you have the guys playing at all, all, you know, all pro for all of them, their best games for every single player in the Vikings team, maybe they get a Super Bowl, uh, but probably not. And I, I think you're exactly right about this team too. And I fear, fear the same thing, Andy, that I see this team going five and 10 or six and nine, or, or I mean, six in 10 or seven and nine and getting just one of those, you know, eighth, ninth, 10th, maybe 11th pick in the draft, you know, something that you really can't take a quarterback, but they probably will take a quarterback in that range. At least one that you're sure fire on. Uh, And then you get the Christian Ponder thing all over again. So, I mean, I I really hope it's a full tank or it's let's turn this thing around. Let's right the ship and let's try to get into the playoffs. And who knows, maybe we do get healthy and maybe we can't give them a run for their money. Because that's the thing about football is, yeah, there is a couple teams that are favored, but there's going to be a lot of injuries. There's already been a lot of injuries. You lose one player. I mean, if the Chiefs lose Patrick Mahomes, they're done. They're not going to the Super Bowl. They're not Super Bowl favorites. If the Packers lose Aaron Rodgers, yeah, they're done, probably, uh, unless Jordan Love is just amazing. But, you know, you're one injury away (laughs) from every team being out of the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I do agree with you, but now I'm also talking myself out of it, and I do and don't agree with you. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and and football is one of those sports that were unlike NBA and MLB where it's a one game sample in the playoffs and you can have, you know, Eli Manning win two Super Bowls over, you know, over the Tom Brady and the Patriots. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's apples to apples necessarily because again, it's a one game sample, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, this team, this team definitely has worked. Um, and yeah, I mean, if, if you think quarterback is, is the solution, but, um, I mean, I think at the end of the end of the day, the biggest difference between this team and the team from two years ago is that you know you're able to get a pass rush with three, four guys a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I didn't watch the game this weekend, but I haven't seen it this year from the Vikings. And on the defensive front, you know, if you look at some of the best teams to make these Super Bowl runs, it's getting a rush with four. It's that 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 giant team that beat the 16 and 0 Patriots. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's. I think that's the, the most crucial thing. The, the best advantage in all of football is getting a four-man rush. Um, and you guys had it a couple of years ago, and you guys just don't have it now. Um, and, and it's showing. Yeah, I'll just uh, say quick, just on that last comment, Andy, definitely true our defensive line is atrocious. If, you're, if you can find another defensive line that's worse than the Vikings in the NFL, show them to me because I don't believe you. But, um, yeah, with, without Daniel Hunter and Michael Pierce opting out, that's obviously going to hurt our defensive line. Um, but back to the topic about the season and when we're, where we're going to end up at in drafting position, I'll take the optimistic route, if you want to call it optimistic. But I think the Vikings are going to finish with a very bad record and give us a good draft pick. 
because I totally agree that we may be the best 0-3 team in the NFL, whether it's us, the Texans, or whoever else. Um, but I honestly could see the Vikings starting off 0-8 now that we've seen three games played because we play the Texans next week, Seattle the next week, uh, the Falcons the next week, the Packers the next week, and the week after that, the Bears were undefeated. Not a good undefeated team, but now they have Nick Foles. Yeah. And we've struggled. the Lions there, there too. <laughs> and the Lions. Okay, so one and eight or whatever that may be, I could see the Vikings start. And then if we're at that point in the season, the half point way in the season, and we have one win or one or two wins, I could see us just playing the young guys, getting that experience, and kind of just dishing out the second half of the season because there's no real value on getting five, six, seven wins and missing the playoffs. So well, I guess I'll be optimistic about us getting a good draft pick, and I'd say a lot of that has to do with our schedule and our first half of the schedule that could um, have different results and consequences of what we decide to do um, with our roster and playing time uh, in the second half. Yeah. From there, though, the next logical question is, is, is Mike Zimmer the coach to lead you to a rebuild? If the Vikings are, you know, full on in rebuild mode, is Mike Zimmer your guy? Is he a guy you want to stick around for two, three, four more years to rebuild it? I mean, I know you yeah. guys have to extension, but, um, you know, is it take a change even at the head coach, coaching position um, to, uh, to do that rebuild? Yeah, I think that's hard. Um, I know we've talked about uh, on the show that deal I think he said he has the fifth best record mm-hmm. um, in the NFL during his time with the Vikings over the past seven years now yep. and I know in a whole rebuilding process that probably starts with the coach and the GM too and they both of them like you mentioned Andy they just got extended um, so however that works it would be difficult but um, I forgot what I was going to say deal if you've got anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, this this team just – I'm too much of an optimist to say I want to see this team lose a bunch of games the rest of the season. But, <clears throat> I, I mean, I, I think we're in a really tricky situation. And I think, Andy, you hit it right on the head when you said it earlier, that they're too good of a team to go 3-13 and or 2-14 and or 1-15. and They're not probably good enough to go 11-5 and or 10-6. and And I think this is just the worst-case scenario. I mean, this is – what you hate to see a game, a season when we really wanted to see good football. We don't have a lot else going on right now. It would be an awesome time to see a Vikings team make a run to the playoffs and maybe even win something, but it's just not going to happen this year. And it sucks that we're going to have to sit through this, hopefully not another COVID winter, but it's looking like we're going to have to sit through another winter. We're going to have sports, fortunately, but it's going to be a long time until we see meaningful Vikings football, and that just kind of sucks to sit here uh, after week three and have the Vikings season be over, basically. Um, unless, you know, you get a major, major turnaround, but, you know, it doesn't sound like Daniil Hunter, at least from what I've been reading, is going to play this week, and I think that's probably the right move. I yep. mean, you don't want to have your best player, your franchise player, in my opinion, uh, put him out there with a neck injury in week four when it's almost meaningless at this point. Uh, so, yeah. you know, just kind of frustrated, but, you know, it is what it is, and we got the Twins to look forward to uh, here this afternoon, so... I'm kind of moving. And moving I, was, my I, remember focus to I was going to say, uh, I, was, I remember what I was going to say about Zimmer on that topic. It's just hard for Zimmer to have a core foundation on the offense when we have offensive coordinators coming and going. And much of that is because the Viking success that we've had on offense with Kevin Stefanski, um, the head coach in the Browns, 
a Pat Shermer, North Turner, other guys who have been leaving, coming and going uh, under Zimmer's contract in his term here. It's hard to get a long-term foundation for what kind of team we are in offense. And I feel like having a new offensive coordinator probably every other season, it shows that we take a few games to get up to full speed. And, I mean, you have to take that account with Zimmer's success too, um, which he's had to deal with a lot of stuff with Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. with people leaving. Um, and he's done, I think, under all circumstances, pretty damn well. Yeah, I guess I I kind of got carried away with how bad I feel about the Vikings. But as far as Mike <laughs> Zimmer, Andy, I, I think you keep him as your coach. I do think he is your rebuilding coach. He's going to hate it. He hates losing. Uh, you can see that on his face every week. And he's not a guy that's going to tolerate this defense being this bad all year. And if it continues this way, I guess we don't really know what's going to happen. But Maybe some guys get cut. Maybe they start just playing the younger guys like you were saying. Uh, but I, I I don't see Mike Zimmer's defense being bad for an entire year. I don't think that they're going to be bad next year. And so I think he is the guy. I mean, I don't know if what his winning percentage is with the three losses now, but coming into this year, he was the fifth highest winning percentage coach since he started with the Minnesota Vikings. How can you fire that? I mean, how can you fire that? The Wilfs love him. Uh, the ownership group loves him. I think the state of Minnesota loves him. I would like to see some more creativity on the offensive side of things, more more new school, a little less of the old school at times. I think Gary Kubiak called a pretty good game this week, his best game of the season in my opinion. Uh, and we're just a few plays away from beating a playoff Titans team. Uh, but, you know, again, those few big plays are a big step. You know, that's still a big step forward. That's the difference uh, between, you know, almost like having four preseason games and not having four preseason games. The Vikings look like they haven't had any preseason games. The other teams we played like played against look like they have had preseason games, especially the Packers. They're coming out sharp and firing, and, and Zimmer even said this in his press conference. How can you get these guys to play sharper? you got a lot of veteran guys. you got guys that have been doing it for a long time. You do have a young defense, but these guys just making stupid mistakes, jumping off sides. Irv Smith, terrible penalty. Uh, Holton Hill getting beat on a double move last week by a guy who went to Holy Cross. Are you kidding me? He was the first player ever from Holy Cross to even make it to the NFL. Holton Hill is getting beat right over the middle on a double move from a guy from Holy Cross. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Hopefully you get some more young guys in the field next week because seeing Holton Hill get beat from a guy from Holy Cross just blatantly like not even close and that's just you can't watch that football Zimmer's not going to take it uh and something's got to give I don't think Mike Zimmer's the thing that gives I think the first thing that gives would be Spielman uh if not some of the players getting cut who knows I I think hopefully we have Hughes and Dantzler back yeah yeah we need Dantzler back go ahead Andy let me let me know what you guys think of this comparison but um the Jacksonville Jaguars you guys both made the your respective championship games in your conferences was it four years ago now both teams that relied on stellar defense play you know Kirk Cousins definitely better quarterback than Blake Bortles but um, you know the defense definitely carried both teams and you've seen the the Jaguars this year just you know going straight fire sale you know they are in full rebuilding mode and I think it's really interesting um, if, you, if you look at both teams over the past couple of years um, the Vikings are definitely not in rebuilding mode as of three weeks into the 2020 season. But if this does work out for the Jaguars where they can find some young talent like that running back, I don't, don't know his name, but he kicked my ass in fantasy this week. Robinson. Um, Robinson, yeah. 
um, that I mean, he, he, he stepped up great in the place of Leonard Fournette. And if the Jags are able to turn that team around in a year or two um, after going full fire sale and the Vikings are, you know, looking, looking at themselves in two years, being in the same, same spot, I think, um, you know, I, I, I think the, the decision not to go full fire sale, full rebuilding mode, will cost the Vikings and the Vikings fans a couple seasons. Yeah. I, I, I hope you're wrong, Andy, but uh, I fear that you're right. Now, all of this being <laughs> said here, kind of to wrap up, if the Vikings beat the Houston Texans next week on the road, I'm, all, I'm back in. I'm back in the boat, one and three, We're baby. We're going to the playoffs. We're going to go steal one in Seattle. We're 13 and three. Hey, I mean, that was my original projection, so we, we got to win out from here uh, for me to be right. Long way coming home. But, hey, if we do beat Texas next week, which could happen because they kind of suck too, I'm totally back in the boat. I'm easily bought back in. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. And let's go through the pick segment uh, for this week. I was 3-1. and one. BG, you were 3-2 and or excuse me, two and 2 with a push. Andy, you were 2-1 and one with two pushes. Um, and we had no picks from Zach. He was sleeping in, according to BG, uh, and didn't get his picks in time. That's right, BG? Yep. Could not get back to me in a timely manner. Still hasn't, so. Okay. We will move that on to week four. We're still waiting for Zach's week three picks, so his we, number. We may need a welfare check on Zach. Yeah, we're going to get a welfare check. We're going to give him a call in just a minute to get some uh, Twins playoff preview. Uh, but through three weeks, here are your leaders. Uh, yours truly in first place, eight, six, and one BG close second place, seven, seven, and one, um, Randy bringing up the rear six, seven, and two. Uh, so we're all pretty close right now. Um, Andy, two games back of the lead and then Zach sitting five and five, still awaiting his week three picks. We'll do something next week, maybe double up the games for him. Uh, try to get him back on track. You know what? I doubt Zach even, I doubt Zach even watch games this weekend. I bet we could we could ask him the games. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about it. I love it. I love it. he would give us the games and have no idea what the results were. Except for the Vikings, probably. No, we should just we should tell him uh, we're going to do the next week's picks right now. Yeah. And then say, yes. 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 All right, perfect. We'll do that when he calls in after this. Uh, so that's, that's your wrap-up from um, NFL and the picks segment. Andy, this is you know our weekly time. You got a couple minutes. Packers, you guys are three and zero. Congrats, big win on Sunday Night Football. Your reaction? Uh, yeah, another uh, another win over uh, over a team that I think most people know is good. Uh, my biggest concern is the defense. I brought it up last week. Kenny Clark being out is such a huge loss for our defensive front. You know, just missing a guy that can blow up a offensive line and. You know, the past couple of weeks and, you know, giving up 20-plus points every week. Uh, now, I know most NFL teams are uh, are doing that. We've seen a lot of high-scoring games these first three weeks, but um, it just gives me flashbacks to the 2015-2016 the Packers, or no, 2016-2017 Packers, where, um, you know, we lost to the Falcons in the NFC Championship game, and that was a team that the offense had no problem but uh, you couldn't come, you couldn't count on the defense to make a stop. And against the Saints, we were able to make one stop late in that game uh, to be able to seal the deal. But 
Um, I'm still not sold on this defense, um, you know, being legit. But as long as Aaron Rodgers is being Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he hasn't thrown the deep ball as well as he's thrown it this year in five or six years. I mean, he is just on. Uh, he, he and Alan Lazard seem to have built up quite the, uh, quite the cadence together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we play, uh, we play Monday night this next week against the Falcons. That should be a win. I uh, hope, hoping we score 30 points at least against that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All, against again, that team, you like just I, gotta, you just gotta get down by double digits and then you're good. Yeah. Then you'll win. <laughs> Double digit, exactly, yeah. yeah. Just get a double digit uh, <laughs> deficit going into the fourth quarter, and it's an automatic W. The, the fact that Dan Quinn is still the coach, like I don't, I, know. I, I can't imagine being a Falcons fan right now. I, I can't even imagine how pissed I'd be. Like after you know the past two weeks, it's just, it's just nuts. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, just after the past however many years, how long has he been the coach there? I mean, the, the fact that he's well, still it, the coach it, it, there is incredible. I think it's. I think though the Dan Quinn era, Dan Quinn era, um, is such a um, speaks so highly of Cal Shanahan. You know, if you look at Matt, Matt Ryan's MVP season when they blew that twenty-three lead against the. Uh, uh, against the Patriots, but yep. that was Kyle Shanahan running that offense. And, the, you know, Matt Ryan's still a great quarterback in the NFL, don't get me wrong, but the way that offense has reg- regressed in the past couple of years since Kyle Shanahan has left, like, that just shows you how important he was as a coach to, uh, to that team. And I don't think, you know, besides Bill Belichick, there's not another team in the NFL, I think, where you can point to one coach saying this is the reason for this team's success or, you know, if that's coach being gone, you know, this team's uh, lack of success. And um, the way that team has just fallen apart since Cal Shanahan left, um, I think just speaks volumes of him as a head coach. Yeah, I think I think it's a good take, Randy. Uh, I was trying to think of a coach who I could – fire back at you but I got nothing really I mean I think yeah, that's a pretty good take I, I appreciate it Randolph anything else Packer related um, yeah anything else that happened in, in Packer Nation uh, I did not watch I, I watched I guess a little bit of you guys play but um, I, I was mostly playing Warzone I was trying to get away from the NFL um, I was very <laughs> sad about the Vikings I was just trying to remove myself uh, from as much NFL as I could so yeah, it was. Uh, I'll admit, like even as a Packer fan, like I was excited all all, uh, all Sunday for uh, for the game, but um, it was our first weekend in this house of, uh, of having red zone, and I'm not gonna lie, like red zone tired me out on Sunday. <laughs> like it's just so much football, and I'm like, oh shit, I gotta watch a whole game, like not just the exciting part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I, I think at the end of the day, most Packer fans are gonna feel feel great about. A team like the Saints without uh, Devontae Adams, you know, our best threat at wide receiver, top five receiver, I think, in the NFL. Um, so I think that's what Packers, Packer fans are looking forward to next week, just hoping that, that Devontae Adams is, is healthy and ready to go against the, the Falcons Monday night. Yeah, and if he is, even if he isn't, uh, still a great chance to start the season 4-0. Um, atop the division. I don't know who the Bears play next week. Probably the shakiest 3-0 and of all time. 
Um, but it seems like the Bears found their guy. Hey, Trubisky still three and as a starter. Yeah, well, it didn't. He still three and as a starter. Did he start the game? Uh, the week three game and he Foles came game, in. Yeah. Foles came in the end of the third quarter, down like I don't know, two or three touchdowns. Yeah, and it was partially Foles playing above average football and a lot of the Falcons playing below average football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see. I think the Bears are frauds for sure, but uh, especially now with, with with their running back getting what do they say ACL for Cone, is he done for the year? They're they're at least they f- yeah. they were fearing that. I don't. Oh, know. I didn't see that. Yeah, I think he's yeah, going to be done. ACL for the year. Yeah, so that's a big blow to them to to a team that's really not that talented to begin with, um, in my opinion. So I, I expect the Bears to start falling off here, and as the opponents get better, the Bears will start losing games. Um, but yeah, Packers in the driver's seat right now uh, in the NFC North. Andy, thanks for calling in. We'll let you go here as we move over uh, to Z Breel. Uh, but good to talk to you as always, and we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully the Vikings are 1-3 and three and the Packers are 3-1. and one. Well, Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks of course, for having me on. And, and, and one last thing I'll leave, with, leave you guys with. You guys see that tweet going around of um, – uh, I don't know who tweeted it out, but it, the caption was, um, who's 0-3 and at the bottom of the NFC North? And it was Joe Biden screaming, Minnesota! <laughs> that was, um, I, I, I've, watched, I've watched it so many times this weekend, it just brings so much joy to my heart. Yeah, no, but I don't, I get it. All, all those tweets are blocked from my Twitter, so I can't see any of those. So I would never allow that to, to infiltrate my Twitter. Uh, but no. Thanks, Andy. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Well, yep, we'll talk to you boys next week. And we now welcome on Zach Briel, baseball expert. I should say Zach Schefter, uh, many other names as well. Zach, we were just going through a pick segment. Well, first of all, great to have you here, Zach. How you doing? I'm great, man. Great, uh, Great to be on and good to hear your voice again. Yeah, good to hear yours as well. We just were talking to Andy, um, wrapping up NFL Week 3, and we realized we didn't. Well, actually, let's just start here. Do you want to give your picks for next week? I'll read through the games, and you just fire off your picks real fast here, and we'll get done with it. I would love to. Okay. Uh, first game is Cowboys at Seahawks. The Seahawks are five-point favorites. Hmm. Great Cowboys-Browns, you mean? <laughs> Shoot. Uh, you got us. You got us. We were trying to oh. fool you. <laughs> We're trying to, okay, so. Oh, I never got, I never got your picks back. Oh, yeah, we didn't get your picks from last week. Oh, no way. Oh, shoot. Um, yeah, you only, you guys could have, if I, if I didn't open right up the app right now to look at the games, you would have had me 100%. All right. Do you think you could, do you think you could say it without knowing the score? Yeah, don't, you know don't look up any of the scores. Yep, yep, I, I can do that. I, I only watched, um, the Sunday night game is the one I only watched. I just kept up on like fantasy the other times. So, yep, I can do that for sure. You didn't watch yeah. the Vikings game? No, I watched um, the. Uh, yeah, I had Vikings game on, but I had to record a fucking dude. My computer broke this weekend, and I had to record a lesson plan all Wednesday, all of Sunday. So I didn't. I really just had it on in the background, but I was barely watching. Uh, I gotcha. Well, we were gonna go give you all the games from Week Three and see if you. Uh, would recognize any of the matchups. I was going to start with Vikings-Titans, but I thought that was too obvious. I guess Seahawks-Cowboys is kind of obvious, too, because <laughs> that was a Sunday night game. Um, 
But so you you do know the winner of the Vikings Titans game, I assume. That I do. Yep, I kept up on that one. Okay, we'll give you a different game for next week on that uh, to fill in for that one. Um, Cowboys Seahawks. You know that game. You know the winner of that one. Yeah, I don't know how it ended up. I know I know Seahawks won. I couldn't tell you by how much. Yeah, I guess it wasn't. I said it was a Sunday night game. It wasn't. It was the uh, America's game of the week, rather. Um, all right, well, just give us give us a pick on what that one. You, it was minus yeah. five for the Seahawks. Was the line? Um, ooh, I I would have picked Cowboys in that situation, and that would have been a loser. Packers <laughs> at Saints, and we. Was there what was the money line on this or the the line on it this? It was uh, minus three for the Saints. Minus three for the Saints. I would have taken. I would have taken Saints for sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Guaranteed. We'll we'll give you we'll give you a loss on that one then. <laughs> uh, did you have any upset picks? And I guess you can't really do this one now. Uh, we'll we'll just we'll give you we'll give you a couple games uh, next week to make up for it. Um, extra okay. games that we don't do just so we have the same record at the end of the season give you a fair a fair shake at it um let's move over to the twins clinching uh the al central for the second year in a row off of the loss to the cubs uh or just sorry to the reds i think it was was it the reds right on on sunday yeah yep. so even though we lost still got the division title second year in a row uh it's pretty big pretty important um to get home field at least. And we were already clinched, I guess, home field before that game. So the title didn't really mean anything this year. Uh, but Baldelli and some of the players were commenting on it that it does mean a lot. I mean, they get a banner hung up in the ballpark and they get to put that year down there. 2020 alongside 2019 as being division champs. Uh, so that's pretty cool to see. Twins finish at 36 and 24 uh, in the shortened 60 game season. Houston finished 29 and 31, first team ever. And I think the Milwaukee got in as well. Uh, but the first two teams ever to get into the playoffs below 500. Um, the Houston wow. Astros at 29 and 31 struggled very heavily at times and went through a lot of slumps. I don't think they've put back to back wins together in like a month or two. I think it's been since maybe oh, early August since they've won two games in a row. Uh, so, I mean. Wow. A pretty good draw when you were looking at it a few nights before the end of the season. The Twins were moving up the charts and, and moving up the, the standings, rather, and the Yankees were moving down, and it seemed like every spot we've moved up, the Yankees moved one spot down, and it just looked like it was inevitable inevitable that we were going to end up playing the Yankees. We don't. Uh, we get probably the best matchup you could hope for uh, in the Houston Astros, the defending champs, to come here. Uh, second worst league on the road in in the playoffs, they're nine and twenty three uh, throughout this season on the road. So wow. they're really really bad on the road. Wow. And, and on the flip side, the Twins are really really good at home. I didn't put the home record, um, but it's like twenty four and six, twenty four and seven, something like that. Uh, so the Twins are really good yeah, at home. I don't even know if it's that many losses. Is yeah. it? Yeah, I, I didn't even put it on there. But the Twins are really good at home. So Zach, yeah. going into this series, a pretty favorable draw if you're looking at it. I mean, for a sports team and a, a sports town, rather, that's so gets so unlucky in the playoffs. And for the Twins coming into this one, we've lost 16 playoff games in a row. We haven't won a playoff game since we were seven years old. And little trivia question here for you. Do you know who our pitcher was the last time we won the playoff, uh, a playoff game? 
Ooh. Was it? I'm thinking Johan. Johan Santana. Ding, ding, ding. Johan or. I'm just going to give it to you right Johan's there. Nice. It was Johan. Good deal. Uh, that was the last time we won a game, a playoff game. So obviously a lot oh, going man. into this game. Pretty good draw for the Twins. Zach, what's your reaction and I guess your predictions uh, going into this series? You know, I'm, I was really stoked. And Sunday was a really interesting day for baseball because there was, and, and obviously because of the certain season, the certain season that this happened. But um, regardless, it was like the most, um, you know, neck and neck that the playoff race has ever been. And then, you know, one game decided, you know, two or three seeds. Uh, seeding numbers for um, the playoffs. The Yankees had a potential to be the eighth seed um, as of yesterday if the Blue Jays would have won. Um, and I think the... I think it was just between them and the Blue Jays. Yeah, it was... If the Blue Jays would have won and the Yankees would have lost and they did lose, um, I think... I believe the Yankees would have been the eighth seed. But now they're the five seed. Um, either way, that worked out for us because now we won't have to face the Yankees. I'm just crossing my fingers and we're taking it one step at a time because, as you said, seven... Uh, we were seven years old the last time we won a game, so I'm going to take it one game at a time and just hope, hope to goodness we make it past the first round. But we wouldn't have to see the Yankees until the, uh, until the pennant game, so the, the pennant, the, the AL title. ALCS. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was pretty stoked about that. Uh, I mean, that is awesome, especially when what is it? Thirteen it of our last sixteen losses have come to the Yankees. It's yeah, it's unbelievable yeah. when you look at it. Um, it was just. Year after year, and, and last year, our 102 win season, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, this can't be the year. Like, we can't lose the Yankees again. And we did. And and so, I don't know. It's just something, something about the Yankees. And, and this year, there, a lot of people were saying, you know, Trevor Plouffe, I think, was, you know, the old swing was. Oh, yeah. I remember Plouffe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He was like, you know, you got the best, best team in the history of the franchise, which is maybe debatable. But anyway, that's what he said. Best best team in the history of the franchise. Why wouldn't you want to play the Yankees right now? And that's kind of that's an okay point, but I don't know if you've seen the last fifteen years of <laughs> what happened yeah, there. So, yeah, that's dude, true. What happened Sunday was was really cool because if we would have won that game versus the Reds, we would have played the White Sox. Um, and the White Sox have been struggling hard, but when you face a team so many times in the division, so many times in a year things are bound to happen and we split the series with them and who knows what would have happened. So I think this is by far the best thing that could have happened to the twins. I think we are going to win and you're asking predictions before I come Randall and Ricky here, but um, I think we're going to be the Astros and I think the A's are going to be the White Sox. I think we play the A's, um, but, but that A's and White Sox series is going to be an awesome series. I think it's going to be even more exciting than the twins, twins Houston. But I yeah. think, I think what's going to happen is I might run into this trouble um, we're with Tampa, dude. Tampa's been on fire all year. They haven't they haven't let off the, the gas. So, I, can we make the can we make the World Series this year? I think we can. I I really do. I really believe that. I don't think that was biased. I think we can make the World Series, but Let's go. it's gonna be it's not gonna be. Okay. There's a way premature prediction on waking days. Hang on, BG. Can you can you turn it off speakerphone? I can't. We can't really hear you. Um, I said that's our. There's our premature uh, guarantee of the of like the season, and you guarantee one of those each episode. Oh yeah, that's the waking yeah, gate like, take guarantee. Yeah, exactly. There we go. But uh, I will say, if we take the World Series and we'll 
most likely play the Dodgers. I don't think we're going to beat the Dodgers. <laughs> we'll go with mm. that. And that's my, uh, I, I just hate to be the big bad news, but I think that's just what's going to happen. But yeah, crazy things have happened. I know we're a long, long, long way away from this, but uh, I, I was listening to PA today talk. Uh, to, I think it was Lavelli Neal, uh, Twins writer for Star Tribune, I want to say. Um, and he was talking about how Sergio Romo has pitched, in, has closed out a World Series before. I think it was Miguel uh, Cabrera closed him out in the World Series to win it for San Francisco. I mean, how awesome would it be to see Sergio Romo on the mound? And my, I mean, out of the bullpen, he's my favorite pitcher. I love seeing him come out. He's got so much moxie. I mean, he, he wears his cap a little bit to the side, and he's just so intense, and he wants to win so badly. So to see that guy close the World Series and just to see that reaction would be like the coolest thing ever. So I, I was kind of dreaming about that today. Uh, and you're right, it is a long way away. The Dodgers are a really good ball team, and we got a lot of really good ball ball teams that are in front of us, you know, on the AL side just to yeah. get there. So, I mean, I would love to see us just win the first one tomorrow, or I guess this afternoon. I think it's a 1 o'clock first pitch um, this afternoon here. Tuesday afternoon, it'll be Zach Greinke versus Kenta Maeda. Uh, plus, oh, yeah. Uh, I would say... Here's the starting, uh, I guess, starting records for these two pitchers. Zach Greinke is three and three on the year with a four ERA, a former Cy Young winner. So you got to expect um, some craftiness and, and some experience in the playoffs for this guy. So you expect a good performance out of Greinke. Uh, but for Kenta Maeda, six and one on the year, two point seven ERA. He's really been dominant all year for us. I mean, he's been our best pitcher, and. Game one, when you're going into this three-game series, unusual year uh, in baseball, you got to get a win. You got to get a win game one for the Minnesota Twins. They've lost 16 in a row. They haven't won a game since 04. We can go through all the numbers again if we want to, but it just comes down to can Kenta Maeda throw a good game? Can the Twins' bats get going? Can they be poised like they weren't at all against the Yankees a year ago after being such a great team all year? And I do think it's a different year. I think Miguel Sano said a couple weeks ago when they were going into that playoff series against the Yankees, they were confident, but they knew they didn't have the starting pitching. They have the starting pitching this year. This team is better than the team last year. They have the same they have the same guys, even better guys behind the plate, and they got way better pitchers on the mound. This team's better than last year. They can do it. They just got to win a few games here, really get some confidence built up. You never know what could happen. Absolutely. Um, I think. Uh, I'm I'm more confident on my with my eight on the mound than I was with Barrios on the mound when he started this off um, last postseason. You know, it it just seems that Maeda carries himself a little differently. And, he, and Barrios is is a great pitcher and he's a great number two to have. And we were all hoping for him to be our number one and for years to come here. But you know, we'll take this opportunity and have Maeda. I don't know how much longer we have him for. I don't know if he just had a one year deal with us. What that story is. Um, but I think you're right, Bill. And I was I was trying to. Um, trying to figure out what what team is better this year or last year's team. Um, and I guess it's really all going to come down to this last year. If we can get back to Astros, I say that we were no better than um, uh, than last year. I think last year, you know, 102 wins. Um, I, I'm not sure what our record this year would equate to in a 162-game season. But, yeah, man, it, it, the AL is far better than the NL this year. So we got a lot of good teams, like you said, to get past. Um, every every team can give us a give us trouble in some sense, you know. Like White Sox, 
their hitters are unreal and, and their one two pitchers are, are awesome. But we have we have what it takes. Like you said, we have the pitching um, that we didn't have last year. And I think that you know, I think this could be our year. I don't know, man. It just feels a little it feels a little different. And I'm I'm with yeah. you know there. And maybe that's because we didn't draw the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and for Kenta Maeda, I mean, this is all you could hope for. Coming from the Dodgers, he's wanted to be a starting pitcher. He's wanted to be a number one guy his whole career. You know, he's he's wanted to be in this role that he's in with the Twins right now, number one pitcher starting off the the playoffs. I mean, this is all you can ask for if you're Kenta Maeda. You got everything in front of you. Take advantage of the opportunity. Go with, do what you've been doing all year. Pitch a good game. Let the bats get going behind you. Get off to a 1-0 lead, and then let's go put these guys away in two games, and let's get ready for the next series. Let's get ready for the Oakland A's. Uh, and let's make a run. How long has it been since? I mean, we've had some Vikings team, but we have never seen, and I guess I can answer this question, it's been 22 years and however many months since I was born since we've seen a championship team in Minnesota. I mean, it's been since ever. Yeah. We've never seen one. Why not now? It's been the strangest year of our entire lives. We've never seen uh, any sort of <laughs> pandemic like this. Why not now? Uh, I mean, we've had really good teams that have flopped. We've had really good teams that have gotten screwed by the refs and, you know, Saints games and 9 and all these Minnesota teams that have had good teams but just could not get it done. Why not now? Let's have this be the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. BG, any final thoughts here? Uh, or Zach, any final thoughts here as we wrap up Twins getting ready for this I'll playoff let, game in a couple hours? I've been talking, I've been talking too I'm much here. Let's, let's visit BG. Thanks, Zachy. Um, I'm just excited to uh, go into the playoffs and play the Astros and play a team that's not named the Yankees. Um, it's the first time the Twins have been going to the playoffs and playing a team not named the Yankees since 2006, uh, which is pretty incredible. And we all know the fate that has been handed down to the Twins. So with the new pitching that we have, it almost feels like a new team. So I'm hoping this is a new start to the Twins postseason. And a new start would be uh, winning that series against Houston Astros, which I think we had a really lucky draw. And I think we have a good chance of making past that first round. I love it. Zach, any final thoughts here? Go Twins. Go Maeda. God bless America. Come, I love come it. to lacrosse next weekend. I love it. Short, <laughs> short and sweet, and kind of trails on. Uh, hopefully, the Twins get a win here later this afternoon. We will be recording an interview uh, later tonight with Pro Football Focus Davis Kim, a uh, local guy here who works for Pro Football Focus, analyzing games. Ton of cool stuff to talk about with him. We're going to interview him tonight. I'm not sure if we're going to air that interview, when we're going to air that interview, um, but maybe we'll do a little Twins recap tonight as well and throw that episode right out um, later this week. So might see a couple episodes from us this week recapping Twins playoff uh, baseball stuff and then throwing that interview up there. Uh, but, yeah, keep an eye on the on the iTunes and on Spotify. See you guys all in a week. Do you hear me? I'm talking to you. Across the water, across the deep blue Ocean under the open sky, oh my, and baby I'm trying. Boy, I hear you in my dreams. I feel you whisper across the sea. I keep you with me in my heart. You make it easier when life gets hard. 
I'm lucky I'm in love with my best friend. I'm lucky to have been where I have been. Lucky to be coming home again. Takes waiting for waiting for a love like, love like this. <laughs> Every time we, we say, say goodbye, goodbye. I wish we had one more kiss. I'll wait for you. I promise you, I will. I'm lucky I'm in love with my best friend. Lucky to have been where I have been. Lucky to be coming home again. Lucky we're in love in every way. Lucky to have stayed where we have stayed. Lucky to be coming home someday. So I'm sailing through the sea to an island where we'll meet. You'll feel the music, fill the air. I put a flower in your hair. Through the breezes. Through the trees, <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> You're all I see. And as the world keeps spinning round, you hold me right, right here, here, right now. Lucky in love with my best friend. Lucky to have been where we have been. Lucky to be coming home again. I'm lucky we're in love in every way. Lucky to have stayed where we have stayed. Lucky to be coming home someday. Ooh. Ooh.